Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of If I'm Honest with Julia Landauer. I am joined today by realtor turned medical Reiki master, Mel Brown. So Mel is also a yoga instructor. She's a mindfulness educator. And all of this leads itself to her dedication to empowering others to connect back to their body and awaken their innate abilities to heal from within. That is her mission. And she supports this by providing education about energy body and helping clients understand how emotions and their environmental experiences are stored in their body on an energetic level. And this can in turn affect the physical body. We had a really great discussion where we talked about what Reiki is, how she got into it, and the basics that go into this kind of energetic healing. She also very vulnerably tells stories from her own experiences that I think are quite relatable to many people. She is nine months pregnant while we are recording this. She talks about how Reiki is incorporated into her routine with her and her baby. And she treats us to a guided meditation at the end of this episode, which left me feeling very calm, certain sensations. It was a really cool experience, and she will walk all of us through it as we're listening. So I am really excited for this episode. Mel, thank you so much for joining me on If I'm Honest. Thank you so much, Julia, for having me. I'm so excited. So Mel reached out and uh, she wanted to share kind of what she's been doing with Reiki. And I was really interested because if I'm honest, I am not really well versed in more spiritual, energetic healing. Um, it is something that I've read about, but you know, don't have a lot of personal experience with. So I was really excited for this conversation to learn and to broaden my horizons. And so Mel and I met at a go-karting track indoors with a mutual friend for a birthday. And and, um, you know, I she has such positive energy. Uh, it's really it's really infectious, I think. And I can see that even even again on virtually. So as I mentioned, I'm inexperienced with Reiki. I have done one group session where I admit that I did not really feel that I noticed a big impact or difference. And so sure. knowing that. Yeah. So knowing that I'm inexperienced and may or may not have known what to be going for. I'd love it if you could share what Reiki is, you know, kind of what some of the benefits are, people who typically use it, and how you got into it. Absolutely. Well, I have to say, uh, Reiki rookies are my absolute fave. <laughs> it's really fun when people have not been exposed to it. And I love that you were open minded for whatever reason. I think there's something to that as well. You know, when we expand our minds and open our hearts, we just receive everything in a different way. So Reiki, you can go into a long term of a definition, but to make it simplistic, it really is just a form of Japanese healing that is channeling the chi, which is our natural energy that flows throughout our body. And those of you that may be a little more familiar with Chinese medicine, you're probably familiar with the term chi. Mm -hmm. And so what it does is it just balances the energy in the body and how Reiki works and what differentiates me from a, a different um, like hands-on healer. Some people have had like healing touch and things like that. I've went through something called an attunement. So think of that as like an initiation, a ceremonious process. And that's what allows me to channel this universal life force energy. And we all have the capability to channel this energy. So that's, um, I teach Reiki as well, all three levels, one, two, and three. 
And anyone is able to experience Reiki. Everyone is able to channel this universal life force energy after they've received the attunement. Um, so it's really that simple. And I think when we start to understand that we are more than just this physical body, we are energetic beings. And we know that from science, we know everything mm -hmm. is energy, the table, the desk, all these different things. And that's all that we're doing. We're just balancing the energy within our body. It's the same thing I tell people, well, in your terms, like a race car, right? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? If the car is not handling appropriately, you're going to say, hey, I feel like this needs a little more right rear spring. We need to make it a little stiffer. We need to adjust the track bar. We need to do these different things. Our bodies are the exact same thing. In more of us, uh, regular layman terms, <laughs> if your car is out of alignment, are you just going to keep driving it down the road when it's veering to the left? No. We call the body shop. We take it in. We get the alignment fixed. It's the same thing thing. Just fix the alignment, energetic alignment in the body. It's that simple. That's such a great explanation. And I think, you know, I think we all know the importance of, you know, physical maintenance on our body. And I think also now there's a lot more discussion around mental health and, you know, seeking therapists yes. and journaling and kind of that like emotional mental um, balancing. And so what you're saying is that Reiki is taking a look at the at the energy, and it's kind of just an extension of some of the other elements that people are already talking about in more mainstream discussions. Exactly, you nailed it. And the other thing too, that you know, Reiki is not just an energetic, it is right, we have the energetic body, but it also affects the physical body because once we bring that energy into alignment, Reiki actually works with our endocrine system. It also helps stir up the toxins in the body, which no matter how healthy we are these days, right? What we eat, the air we breathe, which we've experienced that this year with the air quality, um, what we put on our skin, we are constantly taking in toxins. And the other important thing to note here, talking about the mental side is the thoughts the toxic thoughts that we have, this negative self-talk actually creates physical toxins in our body. So Reiki stirs up the toxins in our body and then helps our body flush that out, which then creates our body's innate ability to heal. And this is how we heal from within. This is how we keep our body thriving. And we're not reactive to when an ailment or a disease or sicknesses come up we're keeping our body doing what it's designed to do. Yeah. And it's interesting what you said about the negative self-talk, because that is something that I talk about a lot in keynotes and how yes. I, I will admit that some things to me, I think in my, maybe it's a cynical New Yorker who knows, but like some things, <laughs> right. Like some things seem a little woo woo. I put quotes around that. And, but as mm -hmm. I dive into it more, like when I first heard the term positive self-talk, I did not feel that it applied to me because uh, whatever. But then I realized when I was having a rough season, how much of my own internal dialogue was really negative. And it wasn't even like bashing, but it was just negative questioning myself, doubting my confidence, all of this stuff, and how that did have a very physical or played a part in having an effect on how I carried myself, how I like I saw myself in the mirror, I was like, the saddest version of myself I'd ever seen. So it's as you're talking more, it's very clear that a lot of it is more interconnected than 
than one might think initially. So before we get into kind of more specifics, because I still I still want help with that jump for what the actual practice is, which we'll get into. And there will be yeah. a fun activity at the end of this episode for everyone yeah. listening. Um, but how did you get into Reiki? Oh, you know, <laughs> Julia, it's an interesting one. So my background is actually real estate. I've been in real estate uh, right at 18. And um, I joke, because Reiki really found me like it was it was not something that I initially had went out seeking. And so um, long story short, I had we had my husband and I two senior dogs, and I was looking at alternative ways to help support them as they were aging. And one of the ways was chiropractic. And so this chiropractor that I was seeing, um, we just, you know, formed a relationship over time. And she started to tell me about this healing session she did. And I was always very open minded and have probably deemed myself a little more spiritual. And she started to share with me her experience. And I was totally intrigued. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I must know more. I have to go see this lady. I go for my first session. She didn't just do Reiki. She did some other um, energy healing. She was a shaman, all of those things. And she laid her hands on me and I sobbed. When Mm. I tell you I sobbed, like not just like a little trickle of a tear. I'm talking like that deep belly, ugly crying, the tears, the snot just running everywhere. And you're just, you're drowning in it. And what I realized in that moment were the emotions that my body had been storing for so long, my entire life. And over my um, childhood and into my younger adult years, I would have these interesting ailments that just didn't seem to make sense. And knowing what I know now, I understand that it was energy. It was emotions Mm. trapped in my body creating these ailments. So that was my first experience. And then fast forward, I really started to get into meditation, which I'm a mindfulness meditation instructor, because real estate, you know, can be very (laughs) stressful. (laughs) So I had to find other ways to sleep at night and cope. Right. So anyways, I started to really get into meditation. And my mom was having a lot of health issues. And in this meditation, I heard you can help your mom. And I was Mm. like, "Hmm." and Reiki was what came to me in the meditation. So I then um, decided, okay, I'm going to go ahead and get certified. My mom was still having her health issues. We had her all the way up at Duke Hospital, still no medical answers as to what was going on in her body. And my mom was very young. She was in her early 50s. And she got to the point where she was walking and like dragging her right leg to walk. And so none of this made sense. So then fast forward to 2020 our favorite year. haha, And they, she was getting remarried in October. Wonderful. My stepdad is a wonderful fella and very grateful for him. But my mom still was not able to walk. She couldn't stand. And so she, at this point, had exhausted all medical resources. And I want to also say I'm not discounting Western medicine. I think it has a very great place and medicine has done a lot for us. But I think it's important for us to also understand the potential root causes of things. And so we then decide, okay, she's getting married. And my mom said, I want to be able to walk down the aisle, which I had the honor of walking her down the aisle. And she wanted to be able to stand for the ceremony. And she wanted to be able to dance. 
And she had had surgeries. She had done physical therapy. She had been on heavy medications to still have no relief. And this is, as a bride, it doesn't matter if it's your first wedding or your second. It's a very important day. Totally. And, and so we did Reiki for at least once a week, twice a week, for um, six weeks leading up to the big day. And she did all three on Aww. her wedding day. And that is one of my favorite stories to share. One, because it's my mom, but two, right. because I got to experience really the powerful impact that balancing the energy body, releasing these emotions, the negative mental thoughts that we've programmed and made these emotional imprints on our body to help our body let that go and yeah. the huge impact that it made on her. That's incredible. And and I, I really agree. Like, I'm a big fan of Western medicine, but also really agree that, you know, the body and the mind are super powerful, super, super yep. powerful. And so really harnessing, as you said, that root cause root condition. So I'm now I'm, I'm willing to bet that there are some listeners where we're not quite sure as the actual steps for Reiki and for the healing. So in in a quick summary, if you're able, can you talk about what the like actual process is when you go into a session? And again, we will we will have a little activity at the end, but just so that we can kind of grasp, like a lot of us think about therapy in a more traditional sense of, you know, you go in, you speak with someone, there's maybe back and forth. What is what is the Reiki process for if someone goes into a session? That's a really excellent question. I think the first thing that I let clients know, especially my rookie clients, is there is not a right or wrong way to experience Reiki. Okay. So there's not a test at the end. You didn't do it right. You didn't do it wrong. It's it's totally open-ended. And I have had people that maybe they're a little more, um, you know, they're not as open-minded and they still receive tremendous benefits. So Really, when you come in for a Reiki session, I let people guide the session. You honor what you need. You tell me what you need. If you want to talk throughout the session, it does not change the flow of energy. And I personally like to talk during my sessions, especially when it's a new client. And the reason is, is because a lot of times and majority of the time, people will feel something in their body. They'll see shapes, they'll see colors, they'll see actual images. They will feel pins and needles, kind of that like your foot's falling asleep or something. Sometimes people will feel a jolt of energy go through the body. And if they've not experienced a sensation like that, and it is new, it can kind of freak you out. You're like, well, sure. well, what is this? Is this right? Again, our brain automatically goes, is it right? Or is it wrong? What What's going on? So when I talk during Reiki sessions, I feel like it really just sets them at ease a little more. It makes them more comfortable. And then they're able to ask questions and be like, sometimes people get dizzy and I can mm -hmm. balance the energy from that and help their body unwind to bring it back to that calmer, balanced state. So that's it's really simple. You just lay fully clothed on a table and you're just in a relaxing space. I play relaxing music and we just kind of talk through anything that comes up. And then I do have my Reiki sessions. I would say, I call it like Reiki plus. Um, you're not just receiving hands on. Um, I am intuitive. So I do bring some of that into the session. Mm -hmm. It is not required as part of the session, 
But what I have found, Julia, in doing that is it really allows people to connect with their body in a different way. I start to really read the energy of the person's body. And it's quite fascinating what comes up, um, you know, when the soulful conversations there on my YouTube channel, uh, a couple of those folks have alluded to there were certain um, physical things going on in the body that in um, a medical sense had not shown up on a test in a scan and blood work yet, but energetically, I was able to feel it. And so then people can get ahead of things. And I have had this one of the episodes, a gal, we got ahead, she was stage one of cancer. Hmm. And we got ahead of it. And so now she's cleared. So these are the very powerful things that once we connect back to our energy body of the profound impacts it can have. Yeah. And this is kind of a tangent, but when you said that you were able to catch it at stage one, that reminds me, like I've heard anecdotally that like pets and especially dogs or like they can also kind of sense um, if something's wrong with, with their their person. And like, I think that just goes through like multiple examples of how like that deeper energy really has this impact. And so, and you're leading the session, right? Like you are. Yep. I'm leading the, yep. I'm leading the entire session. And I actually end with a a technique in my in-person as well as a distance session. The in-person is a little more um, in-depth, but it's a a Japanese technique called Katsuki Kokanko. And what it does is the toxins that the Reiki has stirred up in the body during the session, we brush the body and beat you up in a good way. Mm -hmm. And that helps flush the lymphatic system and support the lymphatic system of really releasing those toxins. And again, that is what is going to expedite the internal healing of the body from a physical standpoint. Incredible. I'm gonna have to join you for a session now that I'm a little more educated and do this. So, so I was watching your, your soulful conversations on YouTube and you were talking with one, one client and she had mentioned the, you know, feeling of a Reiki high Mm. and yeah. And I know that a lot of us racers, you know, kind of feel that high at the track, you know, the racing is the highest highs, lowest lows, and you know, the feeling of being in the zone when you're kind of just operating it. It's not that active mental work, but you're just kind of operating on that subconscious level. And it's perfect. And you're stringing together the perfect lap and you put together the perfect race and winning is just this huge high. And so obviously, I'm sure that feels different for different people. But how have you experienced that? What does it feel like? Because people also feel that with running, like I have sure. a runner's high. Um, and it's just this feeling of just like, satisfaction and energy. And so I was just wondering if you could share kind of your personal experience with the Reiki high, if you do get it, what it's like. And yes. So just to clarify, is it the Reiki high that I feel when I am a facilitator of a session or a Reiki high when I receive Reiki? I was thinking as you receive Reiki, but I'm, yeah. I'd like to hear both answers. Okay. I'm sure that they're yeah. a little different. <laughs> They are a little different. Yeah. So let's start with me receiving Reiki first. So the cool thing about, you know, if let's say you decided to learn Reiki one, Reiki one is all about self healing. And so that was my biggest thing is I really wanted to learn how to take care of myself. How do I take care of myself on a deeper level, an energetic, a mental level, because we know that affects the physical as you were talking about and sharing earlier. So for me, I learned Reiki also to help my mom, but to help me. So when I give myself Reiki, which I do pretty much every day, Mm -hmm. and now this baby (laughs) that is getting ready to be here, um, I give myself Reiki pretty much every day. And 
it, I have really found myself feeling so much more clearer, sharper. Um, you know, we get that mental fog a lot of times because we have such a crazy external environment. We're constantly on the go. We're up against the clock, right? We, mm -hmm. we got those adrenals pumping. So all of this stuff going on that it really just helps calm our body. And Reiki brings us back to that parasympathetic that rest and digest yeah. state of the body. So that to me personally, when I receive Reiki, whether it's giving it to myself or receiving it from others, because I do have other people work on me as well. I, the high for me, it's almost different than like the high, the runner's high, because it makes me a high of feeling that calmness. Hmm. And now I, I used to be addicted to chaos and now I'm addicted to calmness. Mm. So that's really been a nice flow for me. And then I would say a Reiki high as being a facilitator is when these clients share these incredible benefits that they have received from Reiki. And they're like, Oh my gosh, Mel, you did it. I'm like, I didn't do it, honey. That is the Reiki energy. I am just the facilitator. But I appreciate them trusting me to be a part of their journey. And so that Reiki high is like, we're doing it. We're making shifts. People are understanding the importance of the energy body and us caring for ourselves in a new way. And I think the term self-care has become so like, oh yeah. my gosh, okay, like I got to yeah. have a spa day. This is completely different. Like this is a care that really should be non-negotiable. Yeah. And it's so simple. Yeah. And just like, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but yeah, the uh, clear integration with our physical mental well-being where, you know, a lot of us won't give up exercise. A lot of us won't give up therapy or journaling or something. And so that continuation to an energy level. Well, that's super cool. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk with Mel Brown about where she's at now, how Reiki is currently helping her in this next phase of life. And we'll be right back. We're back with Mel Brown on If I'm Honest with Julia Landauer. So Mel, you were talking about some of the calmness that comes with Reiki. And you are almost about to give birth. We're recording this in August, even though it's coming out later. But talk to me about the importance of continuing your Reiki journey during your pregnancy, not only for yourself, but how you look at it for, for your baby. Yes. Oh, I love this one. This one obviously is like hitting home on a different level now. Yeah. So um, me having the pleasure of working with Reiki years prior to conceiving, I feel is really important. And I've, I don't want to use, I'm using the word coaching, right? In Very quotes, loosely. Yeah. Really helping clients understand the importance of, again, balancing the body for those that are looking to maybe start a family is very important because we talk a lot about what to eat, what not to eat, what exercises to do, what not exercises to do. You need to take prenatals. You need to do this. You need to do that. But we continue to neglect the energy body and the power of that. And so having the background of Reiki to support me prior to conceiving, and then certainly during my pregnancy, and I got to say, y'all, I have crushed this yeah, pregnancy. Awesome. And I know I'm about to crush this birth. I mean, don't get me wrong. The first trimester, a little rough, right? Like you're tired. 
Um, and there's some different things going on, you know, physical changes, emotional, hormonal, all of these different changes in the body. But what I had as my constant was Reiki. And it has fully supported me. You can say that I'm one of the lucky ones. And maybe I am, but I've never had any morning sickness. I've not had dizziness. I've not had um, a lot of ailments. Like, of course, I have a little low back pain as my pelvis is expanding mm -hmm. to accommodate this growing belly and baby. But all in all, my body has thrived. My me mental state has thrived. My emotional state has thrived. I mean, that's I'm just, I'm crushing I it over here. And yeah. And, you know, when I found out that I was pregnant um, officially mm -hmm. in January, it was interesting because I really noticed that there was a void in support mm -hmm. on a different level because pregnancy is very energetic. It's very spiritual or, you know, whoever you pray to, it doesn't matter. It's a different level of connection to your body and to your baby. And I think it's so important for us as women specifically to be able to support ourselves in a different capacity. And so I'm working on some things behind the scenes uh, that I'm excited to share more about here um, in the coming months. But it's been such a beautiful journey to support myself in a different capacity and really empower myself more than I could have ever imagined. And you know what? I think this baby's coming in the next like 24 to 48 hours. I have no Which fear. It's not at all stressful for me as the podcast host being like, <laughs> oh my God, I hope I'm not getting in the way of everything. But no, sorry, continue. Well, I did say, I hope my water doesn't break during this because, you know, we'll have to reconvene. Not me sweating over here <laughs> on your behalf. Yeah, but I just, I feel super like calm and confident. And again, like going into such a huge transitional phase of your life that is very exciting, but can create a lot of fear. And so having the Reiki to be able to support you and help keep your body calm and in that calmer state as you're going into this is there's no price you can put yeah. on that. I think whether it's pregnancy or, you know, just in life as we're going through things and, you know, we kind of had the plan and if things go calmly, smoothly, like it's easy to maintain kind of the practices that we're doing and, you know, the feeling good about things. But have you had an experience where, you know, like things get really tough? How do you really kind of dig deep and maintain that collectiveness of of what you're doing and reminding yourself in those tough moments what it is that we have to do to take care of ourselves because i'm thinking of people who have traumatic mm -hmm. births or people who have let's say bleeding late stage if we're just talking about pregnancy like all these things that really mm -hmm. are unexpected and high stress you know would you have any tips for how to kind of maintain what you know is important for your well-being pause and breathe it, it sounds kind of cliche and too simple. It's like, no, that's we need something harder than that. But when we get to a place mentally, emotionally, energetically, where we stop focusing so much on the physical body and we go into that, and I'm not a trained psychologist, but I do talk a lot about it in my practice, go into that victimhood mentality of like, this is happening to me. I am now a victim. And then you become reactive. Mm. Having a balanced energetic body allows us to be a little more fluid and life is going to happen. Shit happens. And so that's the reality of our life. And I will say to your point and going into the mental side, you know, during this pregnancy, and this is stuff that I'm writing about is 
so many people share all the doom and gloom, all their negative stories. I mean, when I tell you I've never heard so many traumatic birth stories as I have now in the later months of my pregnancy, I have really conditioned myself mentally to say, keep your eyes on your own paper. Yeah. And even when I go to the doctor and they start talking about the what if game, I'm not saying that I don't want to be prepared. But the other thing is, I don't want to spend my good energy focusing on all the negatives. I need to be mentally preparing on all the things that my body is designed to do naturally and what is going to go right. Mm -hmm. From a driver's perspective, you're not getting in the car and thinking about getting into an altercation. No, you're thinking about hitting your marks, coming off on the apex, doing all of these things. And again, it goes back to my personal perspective of the conditioning. Once we get out and we reframe the narrative of the negative, the toxic thoughts, it's not easy. But once we have that inner awareness, and I talk about energy being like paint splattered all around, Reiki and understanding the energy body and the importance of mindfulness, we bring our energy back within us. So that then allows us not to be so reactive when things happen that are going to inevitably be out of our control. We are not in control over everything, but it's, it's having the awareness of knowing when things show up that are out of our control. I have the confidence to be able to navigate it from there. Yeah. That that taking taking ownership, taking responsibility, which is something that I talk about a lot in in keynotes as well that the importance of so much is out of our control. And so really getting your ducks in line to to be there, get yourself through it I think is super important and taking that Absolutely. yeah, that mentality that we we always have control over something. It might be small. And but you know, it, you're so right. And what we have control over is how we react totally 100 percent um yes i tell a story related to that in almost every keynote so yeah yeah i totally agree (laughs) so mel you have generously offered to walk me and our listeners through a guided meditation and i know that you have a longer one on your youtube channel but you're going to give us the consolidated version uh the short one which for people who are seated at home or somewhere not actively maneuvering a vehicle or anything or walking on the street. I (laughs) would love to have us take a few minutes before we get into the rapid fire, if you're honest, uh, to walk through this. So I'm going to let you you take it from here. Thank you. This is one of my favorite go-tos. I honestly do this daily. This is an excellent grounding meditation. If you find yourself, uh, let's say before you give a keto or really anyone who is looking to have a little more clarity, you need to feel sharper, uh, let go of the brain fog. That's usually when I know that my energy is not grounded. So I'm going to go ahead and invite you and the listeners to just gently close your eyes and just start to take some deep cleansing breaths, inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the mouth and just continue those deep cleansing breaths. Each inhalation bringing peace, calmness, 
And each exhalation, letting go of what is no longer serving you, any stress, anxieties, tensions in the body. And if those deep cleansing breaths are serving you, you may continue them or begin to breathe in the natural rise and fall of your natural breath. Letting go of all time and responsibilities. Just breathe. In your mind's eye, you see a bright white light shining at the crown of the head. On your next exhalation, you guide that white light to meet the scalp, the crown chakra. Notice any sensations you feel. You may feel warmth, tingling, maybe nothing at all. Letting go of all judgment and just be. On your next exhalation, guide that white light to the third eye located between the eyebrows. Taking in any sensations. Maybe you even see an indigo color, which is what we associate with the third eye. On your next exhalation, guide that light to the throat chakra. And maybe here you see a blue light. Just breathe. And exhale, guide that light to the center of the chest at the heart chakra. You may even see the color green. And in your own time, in the next exhalation, guide that light to the belly at the solar plexus. Here you may see a yellow light. When you're ready, guide that light down to the sacral chakra located at the navel. Here you may see an orange. Remembering there's no expectations. You are simply breathing, being. And when you're ready, my friend, guide that light to the bottom of the tailbone at the root chakra. Here you may see a red light. 
And in your own time, you see that light split into two and travel down each individual thigh, over the knees, past the shins, to the ankles. And the white light reaches the bottom of each foot. In this moment, in your mind's eye, you begin to see tree roots growing out of the bottoms of the feet and deep down into the earth. Each exhalation guides these roots deeper, stronger, wider, down into the earth. Using all of your senses to take in any awareness of the body. Just breathe. Reminding yourself you are as strong as a big oak tree. And in your own time, on your next inhalation, you slowly begin to retract the tree roots back into the bottoms of the feet. No rush. When you feel the roots reach the bottom of the feet, the light slowly begins to diminish. You can begin to wiggle the toes. Gently wiggle the fingertips. We take a deep cleansing breath. Gently open the eyes and fully welcome yourself back to your space. Wow. How are you feeling, my friend? Wow. Um, <laughs> let me tell you. So with that last cleansing breath, it almost like felt crisper in a sense, than some of the deeper Ooh, ones I take. I just got chills. Yeah, and I I felt like little tingles in my scalp and top of my head and then my left toes, not my right toes, just my left toes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But wow, that was that was really special with the light. Thank you for, for doing that with us. Um, you are so welcome. Breathing is- oh, it's, it's really powerful. Super powerful. Um, and I love that it's rooted in so much breathing because breathing, you know, I've learned about the importance over my racing career and in calming nerves and with like ice bath work and all this stuff where breathing becomes really important. And, you know, I, I use deep diaphragm breathing as kind of my go-to for calming. I'm really expanding the diaphragm, whether it's before keynotes or before I go out for racing. Um, yeah, it, it's, that was great. Thank you. I hope everyone enjoyed that. And, uh, Mel, you have longer versions of that on your YouTube, right? 
I do. Yes. Not to like pump it out really quickly, but it's like, that's, that was really cool. And I now want to check yeah. out more. No, you should. Um, yes, it's under my meditation playlist. It's the grounding meditation on the YouTube channel. It's a little longer, like 15 minutes. But what I love about that grounding meditation, Julia, is once you really get it down, you can do it in the visualization while you're brushing your teeth. And if you've forgotten, you should be brushing your teeth for two minutes. Yep. Okay. And flossing. And, and that, and flossing. And that will really if you practice that daily, you are going to be blown away of how you feel, how you carry yourself, how you're mentally sharper. You just, you're, you're vibing and thriving in a totally different way. And guess what? That was free. No, that was, that was really incredible. So (laughs) thank you for again, generously walking us through that. Um, I, my pleasure. Feeling nice and relaxed, which is great because I've got a busy day today. I was today. like, you look like you need a nap. <laughs> oh, I know, right? We love a morning nap. I'm a big morning nap person. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're back with Mel Brown on If I'm Honest with Julia Landauer. No, Mel, that was really incredible. And before I let you go, uh, you know, because we don't want to don't want to push timing here with, with a little one on the way. Oh, my goodness. Um, I do oh want to end on an if you're honest rapid fire. Dun, dun, dun. I know, right? High pressure, high stakes <laughs> right now. But what are some of your daily non-negotiables? Mm, I mean, this is about to be tested, right? To your point earlier is quiet mm. time. Because with an infant, that's going to be interesting. But what I've found for me, even if it's, it doesn't have to be a thing, a long, a long thing, I should say, Um, the non-negotiable for me is quiet time of, I have to have like five minutes. Yep. Yep. And it's that simple. And whether, again, it's like, okay, now that we've got the baby that's going to be here any day, then I'll be like, okay, Colin, you take the baby for five minutes. I just need to sit in silence and breathe. That is my number one non-negotiable. Um, really, that's it. Like, I just have to have that time to like recollect my energy back to myself. Huge. I hope you're able to maintain that with, uh, with, with baby. I know you, I know you will. I know you will. Um, I I was going to say, I'll report back. Keep you posted. (laughs) Um, so what is a food that has always made you feel better? Man, I'm Southern. So now I'm like, I don't know. Do I go to like grits or (laughs) love grits? I don't know. I'm going to go with that. Like I do, I, let's say that I am Southern. So I, I don't know how to cook Southern. I cook actually very healthy. Um, but I'm going to go with like, what really just feeds my soul is biscuits and grits. I love that. That's very <laughs> Southern of you. Um, we appreciate that very much. Um, do you have a morning beverage? Oh, love my coffee. Like my, yeah, like my morning coffee and I journal a lot in the morning. Um, I've journaled a lot to this baby, Mm. which is, I think, extra special. I would highly encourage anybody to do that. That's actually something else I'm writing about is I feel the energetic importance of that. Um, But I just enjoy starting my day again, that quiet time. Like it just, it sets the precedent for the day. And again, it doesn't have to be a lot. But it like, instead of as soon as I wake up, grab my phone, I'm on the go, you're setting the tone for your entire day. So just having a few minutes of that is bliss. For my, me. my coffee routine in the process of making it and pouring it and putting the milk and sugar in it and sipping on it. It's, it's a 
It's meditative. Exactly, exactly. It is very meditative. Okay, so the last, if you're honest, what is something that you're grateful for right now? I'm very grateful for this body. This body that has been able to carry this life. Um, And one of my things, honestly, is I say positive affirmations daily throughout the day. Um, And you know what? I'm going to give this to everyone as well. My favorite go-to is I am healthy. I am vibrant. I am strong. And I say that daily. I am healthy. I am vibrant. I am strong. Huge. Oh my goodness, Mel. Thank you so, so much for all of this. Where can listeners you are so oh, welcome. Where can listeners find you? I'll link all of these in the description, but your YouTube channel, any other social media, whatever you'd like. Absolutely. So I must admit I'm more active on uh, Instagram than any other social platforms. So you can find me um, on my business page at Soulful. That's S-O-U-L-F-U-L-L, like your soul is full. CO, it's that simple. And then uh, if you want to connect on um, any of the Reiki side, learn a little bit more about what I do there, you can check out my website, which is Soulful, S-O-U-L-F-U-L-L-C-O.com. I have tons of accessibility to information. Um, If you are interested in learning Reiki One, I do have an online self-paced Reiki One training course that I just launched last month. Um, So that's really cool. Super excited about that. And then my YouTube channel, again, just Soulful CO. And all of that is on my website as well. So it's super easy to connect with me. Please reach out. I love talking all the energy. And I love that you started with the woo-woo. But hopefully we... (laughs) change the narrative from woo woo to like we are wow, wow oh i love that <laughs> we are wow wow well mel brown thank you so much and everyone that is our show thank you for letting me be honest with you mel thank you for being honest with us and i look forward to seeing you next week Bye.